The Blue Jackets did a lot of things right last night, but couldn't get the win. We're going to talk about the loss to the New York Islanders. And we've got a special guest. We've got Hadi Kalakash of Locked On NHL Pro- Prospects here to talk to us all about Kent Johnson. That's all coming up today on Locked On Blue Jackets. Locked On Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster, here to bring you news, stories, game previews, recaps, uh, anything you can imagine about your favorite team and mine, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Before we get started, I want to thank everyone for making this your first listen of the day every day, despite the fact that I am uh, recording this at uh, 2.12 p.m. on a Saturday. Uh, I appreciate you guys. Um, I'm still thankful for all you guys. It's no longer Thanksgiving, but... I appreciate all of you. Uh, Locked on Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms and also over on YouTube. So if you haven't hit the subscribe button over there, then uh, please do so. It helps me out. It helps you out. Everybody wins uh, except the Blue Jackets, who fall 3-2 to the New York Islanders in, uh, honestly, a game that I didn't have a ton of problems with on the surface. Um, I thought the game itself was... Fine. Uh, it had some ups and downs. Um, it was one of the more solid defensive efforts that the Blue Jackets have put in in the past couple of weeks, uh, which I think is a good thing. Just unfortunately couldn't uh, couldn't get the win. Um, it started off badly. Uh, the Blue Jackets went down 2-0. Uh, goals from Oliver Wallstrom and then a power play goal from uh, JG Peugeot, who has been red hot for these New York Islanders. Uh, and then the Islanders kind of shoot themselves in the foot a little bit. Um the the well okay no it's it's a, a combination of a lot of things i think um jay christensen got hit by i think anders lee uh so obviously um olivier had to fight anders lee about it um and then after that it just kind of didn't fall apart necessarily um but there were some penalties uh so the Olivier uh, had a fighting major and a roughing minor, and then Anders Lee got a fighting major. So the Blue Jackets killed a penalty, and then uh, the Islanders somehow took two separate penalties on two separate players uh, at the same time. So Adam Pellick slashed Boone Jenner, and Cal Clutterbuck interfered with Andrew Peake at the same exact time, I guess. Um, I wasn't sure what was happening. I thought Boone Jenner was going to the box for tripping at first, and then they, they sorted it all out, and... Uh, Blue Jackets had two full minutes of five on three, and I was fully wait, fully waiting for them to do absolutely nothing with this. But um, ye of little faith, I guess, uh, Yegor Chinikov scores his fourth of the season uh, on the power play on the five on three, uh, assists to Gaudreau and Johnson, and then uh, 30 seconds later, Kent Johnson scores his own goal um, on a, a, like a slap shot somehow. Um, I know. I I was surprised that Ken Johnson was slapping shots. Anyway, uh, Marcus Bjork and Johnny Gaudreau again get the assist on that. So two night, two assist night for Johnny Gaudreau, two point nine for Kent Johnson. Um, those who continue to lead the way for the Blue Jackets. Um, and it's it's tied just like that. Uh, I was 
blown away, frankly, uh, by uh, by the fact that not only did the Blue, Blue Jackets score some power play goals, but also they they managed to to tie the game up. I was fully willing, fully expecting uh, it to just keep going south, and uh, they didn't disappoint me on that regard uh, for. You know, most of the game, honestly. Um, I do want to point out something extremely funny that I believe Jeff Svoboda uh, tweeted about. Um, Igor Chinikov's wrist shot goal was at about 87 miles an hour. Um, Kent Johnson's slap shot goal, I believe, was about 86 miles per hour. Eight, I think it was between 84 and 86 miles per hour. So um, Igor Chinikov's got a wrist shot on him. Uh, that's That's about all I've got to say about that. Um, Ken Johnson tries, uh, but I think he was as surprised as anyone that a slap shot attempt actually worked and went in. So um, great to see him. He's also currently, uh, as of last night anyway, uh, he is, I believe, tied for second in goals for rookies and uh, tied for third, uh, I believe, in in rookie goals and second in points. Uh, He's got 11 points on the season. You uh, you love to see it. Uh, I'm super happy with with Kent Johnson. Uh, we're going to talk about him in a little bit more detail uh, later on because um, there are some some things that I want to talk about in regards to Kent Johnson's usage that I think you know I've talked about at length on the podcast before. But I decided to get an inside uh, an outside perspective uh, to come and try and help me understand what the best course of action is with uh, with Kent Johnson this season. Uh, in a minute, we're going to talk a little bit more about the game uh, because lots happened. Um, the the Islanders managed to score the uh, the game winning goal, the go ahead goal. Brock Nelson, obviously, uh, his tenth of the season uh, makes it three two on uh, the four on four. Um, just frustrating, and then again a weird. Like, Mar- Marcus Bjork and Casey Sezika's roughing minors, like, I guess. Um, I don't feel like Marcus Bjork should be taking roughing major roughing minors against Casey Sezika's, but it is what it is. Um, we're going to talk about uh, some o- underlying stats in just a minute, but first I've got to tell you about Bet Online. Uh, because it's your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. You can get those odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer, esports. They've got it all at betonline.net. I know the big Ohio State-Michigan game is happening uh, literally as I record, so I hope you've put some money on the Buckeyes to win that. But uh, if you haven't, you can still do so at betonline.net. They are the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. So head to the website today, use your laptop or your mobile device to learn more. Bet online is where the game starts. And where the second segment is going to start is uh, the Blue Jackets did a lot of good things in this game. I spent a lot of the game complaining, um, but I kind of mostly I think I was just annoyed by how many penalties there were. Um, there were eight minor penalties in this game. Uh, the Islanders scored on one of theirs, and the Blue Jackets scored on two of theirs. Um, and then there was also the uh, offsetting minors and the fighting majors. So lots of lots of pims in this game. Uh, lots of hits as well. Uh, not a ton of shots. Uh, the Blue Jackets outshot the Islanders twenty six to twenty four. Um, the Islanders, I believe, actually had the edge in uh, shot attempts. Uh, they had. Uh, 30 
no, excuse me, they had 40 shot attempts uh, to the Blue Jackets, 37. Um, so a lot of missed shots here. A lot of missed shots, a lot of blocked shots. Um, if you look at Fenwick, which is basically um, everything but blocked shots, uh, it's 25 to 21 to the Blue Jackets. So just a, so weird. So such a, a weird wonky game but like i said i liked a lot of things in it i love to see the power play get going um i uh i was impressed for the most part with the defense um that first goal i thought was a little bit shaky on um eric branson second goal on the power play it is what it is um and that the brock nelson goal like i was mad about it and then i rewatched it and i was like man this goal is so nice i almost can't be mad about it because it was just a real good shot um, like I said, for the most part, no, uh, no real issues, um, except for the fact that, uh, Jack Rostovic didn't win a single face-off all night. Cole Sillinger, uh, 27%, Boone Jenner at 61, Gus Nyquist at 100, I think he only took one face-off, which is very funny. Um, and then Sean Corrali also doing some heavy lifting with, uh, 59% face-off wins. Um, the thing that is bothering me about the Blue Jackets at the minute and about this game specifically is the ice time needs the ice time. Something needs has to give with the ice time. Um, Sean Corrali, Eric Robinson, and Matthew Olivier are getting a ton of ice time. Like, uh, I believe Eric Robinson, uh, Sean Corrali, I think was like fourth among forwards. Uh, the only forwards that had more ice time than him were Igor Chilikov, uh, Johnny Gaudreau, Gus Nyquist, and Boone Jenner. Yeah, so he was fifth fifth among forwards um and that was without any power play time or he had five seconds of power play time for some weird reason uh admittedly four minutes of that was shorthanded time he did he killed a lot of penalties um so did eric robinson uh he got 50 15 23 um but then on the on the other side of that you know you've got guys like ken johnson who is got almost 13 minutes of ice time but three and a half of those were on the power play um, Cole Sillinger's getting 11 minutes and 55 seconds. Um, it's just, Trey Franks nice got eight minutes of, of ice time last night. Like, it's it's so frustrating to sit there. And, like, I like Sean Corrali a lot. That line is just a possession black hole. Um, it's not good. It's not a good line. Um, and for some reason, the Blue Jackets just love to put that line out there when they're down a goal, when they need a tying goal or whatever like the the that line was on the ice i felt like basically every every other shift it felt like it was that fourth line out there um and i just i don't know what to say about it at this point it's frustrating for me to watch um i imagine it's frustrating for some guys on the team to to watch um i know that they all you know they'll say the things like oh they love the energy that olivier's fight gave them and they love the grind of that fourth line but i don't know it's just when you're not scoring goals, I don't see how putting a, a line that doesn't score out there helps. Um, you know, and then you look at guys like Ken Johnson, who had a goal and an assist last night. Sure, they were both on the power play, but a goal and an assist is a goal and an assist. You know, he and Johnny Gaudreau had two point nights. Uh, Igor Chidikov had a uh, one point night, and uh, I believe Marcus. Bjork also had a one point night. So when you've only got four players on the score sheet and like three of those guys are playing 
basically no minutes. Although, in fairness to Marcus Bjork, he played over 20 minutes. Um, and then you kind of you get into the, the problems with the defense is that Erica Branson is playing 24 minutes a night. Um, Jake Christensen is playing eight. You cannot tell me that you wouldn't that you can't balance that ice time a little better. Um, admittedly, Christensen doesn't go get power play or shorthanded time. Erica Branson killed almost five minutes of penalties. Um, Vladislav Gavrikov killed six and a half minutes of penalties. Um, like fully a fully quarter of his ice time came on the penalty kill. Uh, and I just, I don't know, I feel like the Blue Jackets are doing a lot of good things at the minute. This is not to say that the Blue Jackets are playing badly, because I think they are playing a lot better now than they were, uh, you know, a while ago. But I just feel like the you have to manage the load of your young players a little better. I understand the concept of they have to earn their ice time. Uh, I hate it as a concept, but I get, like, why they think that. Um... And it's frustrating as well to see guys like Cole Sillinger get benched or, you know, uh, sitting on the bench for three, four, five minutes at a time because that's not how you get a young player out of a slump. Um, we're going to talk about Cole Sillinger in tomorrow's episode uh, because uh, we've got some some prospect talk coming up. Um, and that's what we're going to talk about in just a minute, actually. Uh, I got Hadi Kalakesh, uh, host of Locked On NHL Prospects and very smart prospect guy, uh, to come and kind of talk about a few Blue Jackets prospects uh, and, you know, where are where are they at in their development? Where are they at in their career? Um, should we be worried about Cole Sillinger? Should we be more excited about Ken Johnson than we already are, which seems silly to say so. Um, and so we're going to, uh, I'm going to take it away to, uh, to that conversation with Hattie in just a minute. Uh, we're going to talk all about Ken Johnson, uh, his season so far, what we like from him, what we want to see more from him. Uh, that's all coming up in just a minute on Locked on Blue Jackets. So here at Locked on Blue Jackets, we love to talk about prospects. Blue Jackets have a lot of prospects, so uh, it makes sense that we want to spend a bunch of time talking about them. And I thought, let's get uh, the newest Locked on host into the into the game. Uh, I've got Hadi Kalakesh here of uh, Locked on NHL Prospect, of uh, Habs Eyes on the Prize, and of uh, Darbo Prospect as well, I believe. So yep. uh, got a lot to talk about. Like I said, Blue Jackets have a lot of kids in the lineup at the minute, and uh, there's a lot of kids waiting in the wings as well. So I guess let's um, let's start off with the big one. Um, let's start off with Kent Johnson, who is in his rookie season right now. Um, obviously, the Montreal Canadiens just played uh, the Blue Jackets uh, like two nights ago. So uh, what have you seen from Kent Johnson so far this season that you've liked? Well, there's always been a ton of skill in this game, right? This is a player who's got elite puck skill, um, can can stick handle in a phone booth, make his way out of trouble. What I've especially liked, though, is if there's been some strides in his defensive game that I didn't expect. Um, I saw Johnson as sort of an offensive play driver. I did see some flashes in, in college in Michigan of, of some defensive play, but I didn't see anything that he could build off of. But he's managed to build up a pretty decent defensive game. And, and right now in his rookie season, he's showing some, some pretty defensive, some pretty good defensive numbers. Obviously, the 9.16 games help. He's been playing a bit on the power play. And I think he's one of the best half-wall players um, you know, in terms of prospects available. So, you know, if you want a guy that you can stick on your on your right half wall who, who's going to, you know, you know, zip passes across lanes to, to players or or take decent shots on net, I think he's the guy. Um, 
The main issue with Johnson is just adding that extra layer of pace and understanding to his game because he plays everything at a face level, and I don't see him necessarily dictate the pace of play as much as he could. Um, and, and on top of that, you know, he, he doesn't really sort of scan as much as he should. So those are two small elements that I would see sort of Johnson build off of and improve and, and, and grow as parts of his game. But those are usually things that come with experience, and he's in his rookie season. So I'd give him a, sl- a bit of slack, especially with uh, the World Junior Championship that he had. He really impressed a bunch of people um and scored the gold wing goal so you know it's just there's a lot to build off of with johnson um there's great foundations to his game his half wall play his stick handling um his vision you know stuff like that are are really sort of the the building blocks for a future top six player i'm not sure he's going to be sort of a bona fide top line player night in night out in his career but um, he's going to flirt with that for sure um and and if he continues to improve and add layers to his game he could definitely get there yeah, for sure. There's been a lot of discussion in terms of uh, Ken Johnson. Can he play center at the NHL level? Obviously, he spent most of his career in Michigan on the wing. Uh, he's been on the wing for the Blue Jackets for most of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but And this is something I've kind of been talking about with the guys over at Lockdown Canadians as well, who've kind of been having the same thing with Kirby Dak, mm-hmm. who obviously was drafted as a center and then didn't really develop into that top line center that I think a lot of Blackhawks fans wanted him to. He's mm-hmm. thriving on the wing with uh, Caulfield and Suzuki. Uh, is that the kind of trajectory that you see for Kent Johnson or do you see kind of, could he be a center at the NHL level? Uh, it's difficult to say because I think that Kirby Doc's main strengths make him such a good center and, and, you know, that's where he could excel at the next level. The main thing is I look at from centers is to be able to connect defensemen to, for, to wingers and to, to drive transition effectively. Right. So I, I think in Kirby Doc's case specifically, his strengths of vision and passing and skating, just that's the foundation of a center. In Kent Johnson's case, I, I've never been the biggest fan of a skating stride. I think he's still pretty fluid and agile. I just don't think he's got the highest top speed, and that limits him in transition. Um, and especially his, his playmaking skill is really high-end, but it, it's it's sort of the, the dual threat with him that's really good. So he shoots well as well. Uh, he's not sort of a one-trick pony offensively. So I wouldn't mind get having Ken Johnson you know, play a career at wing because his, his playing style, his strengths fit that position really well. In Kirby Doc's case, is just a situation of if you put him on the wing, you're kind of losing a bit of what makes him great. Obviously, right now, playing with such good players as Cole, uh, as Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki has been sort of benefiting his game. And, um, you know, he's been able to use his vision to find players who are as intelligent as him in the offensive zone. Now, Ken Johnson... Correct me if I'm wrong, but you know he's not playing with the Cole, Cole Coffin, like Suzuki level of players. So he is he is that intelligent. Like Ken Johnson's smarts are high end, um, but I think he'd he'd be better off on the wing than Kirby Doc would be because um, he doesn't have that high end pace, doesn't have that high end um, you know connectiveness within this game. Is mainly just the type type of guy who you get them you get him the puck in the offensive zone and he does something with it. Um, so I would see Ken Johnson having a good career on the wing, a much better career than Kirby Doc would, for example. And there'd be less things taking, take, taken off the table in terms of a skill set uh, with moving Ken Johnson to the wing versus Kirby Doc. Yeah, for sure. And this is something that's kind of been annoying me for, well, most of the season, really, but especially in the past couple of weeks, is the Blue Jackets have kind of been dealing with a lot of injuries a lot of injuries um and the obviously they went out they got johnny goodrow and we had that top line of goodrow 
Jenna Line mm-hmm. that was just killing people in the offseason, uh, in the, the preseason, excuse me. Line is out with an injury at the minute. Kent Johnson has been taking a couple of spins on that top line. Mm-hmm. And every time he does that, good things happen. Yeah. And then the next game rolls around and he's back on the second or the third line. And the coach, Brad Larson, is preaching patience with this kid. And on the one hand, I get that. But on the other hand, like a lot of the things he's saying he wants to see from Kent Johnson are things that, in my opinion, he's doing already. Like you've talked about his defensive game. You've talked about, um, you know, his ability to see the puck. And do you like, would you be happy with him on that top line? Obviously playing, you know, we've said he's not playing with top end line, line mates at the minute, but you watch him play with, especially like, he's got some really good chemistry with Johnny Gaudreau and it Mm -hmm. does make me think, you know, what happens if you put those two players together specifically, especially while Lion Air is out like that. I don't know. That feels like a really fun time to me personally. Absolutely. And that's the thing with players like Johnny Gaudreau is um, they're so smart. They make everyone around them smarter. They make their teammates understand the puck a lot better than they would with someone else. So the thing that Gaudreau does the most in possession of the puck that sort of leads to that is first his off puck support is tremendous. He's almost always well positioned in the offensive zone to, to sort of create an outlet for his teammates. If they're on, you know, under two layers of pressure and need an outlet, he's there. The second thing he does is a lot of area passes. So he's going to play passes into space for his teammates um, and sort of Jedi mind trick them into going to the right spots on the ice. Right. So that's one thing that I really like about Goudreau and something that will benefit Ken Johnson a lot, because just by being on the same line as Johnny Goudreau, you just absorb so much information, so much understanding of the game and uh, so much layered sort of. Um, you know, processing, you start understanding like, hey, if I hit this spot, Goudreau's going to find me. Then you you sort of apply that to when you have the puck and your teammates skating up the ice, you're like, oh, if I put that puck right there, he can skate into it. You know, that kind of thing. I think, you know, development happens at every stage and obviously an NHL team wants their first line to not be sort of developing. They want their first line to be something solid and concrete, but if the best spot for Ken Johnson's development is the first line, which I think it is. Put him on the first line. There's not much, you know, there shouldn't be much of an argument there. Yeah, for sure. It's just, it's just, it's extremely frustrating that he's like, well, and this is a thing that I think is not necessarily a Brad Larson problem. I think this is a hockey problem in general is they have this idea that the kids have to earn their playing time Mm -hmm. or they have to do better to get to earn more playing time. And I'm like, but how do you expect them to, do better when you're not putting them in a position to succeed. You know, every time they put Ken Johnson out there on that top line or um, there was a game, it was the game against the Florida Panthers, which the Blue Jackets won somehow um, five to three. And yeah. Ken Johnson scored a power play goal in in that game. And he also assisted on uh, a different, I want to say, I think it was Boone Jenner's goal. And it was Jenna Line, uh, excuse me, Jenna Goudreau and Johnson on the mm-hmm. ice as a, as a top airing. And every time those three guys are together, good things happen. And it's just so annoying to, for them to then turn around and be like, well, we don't want to ruin this kid's development by playing him too much too soon, which I do understand. But at the same time, like I think Ken Johnson, especially when you look at how much hockey he's played this Cali in the calendar year, 2022, you know, he went to world juniors, take one, he did world juniors, take two. He went to the Olympics mm-hmm. um, as a 19 year old, you know, he went to world championships. He made his NHL, debut it's it's he's played a lot of hockey this calendar year and it's it's annoying it's frustrating to see them kind of 
hold back because they want to see more than what he's giving when honestly i think he's giving i think he's giving as much as he can give right now and it's yeah definitely the thing with the thing with uh, johnson's i think it's that's part of the argument i think the team is trying to load manage him um and not sort of throw him into the trenches this quick especially on a on a team that's like you said has a lot of injuries and um are sort of in a situation right now where they're not winning that many games they're kind of struggling to put up points i don't think they want to bring him up as their top player in a losing environment which is kind of understandable you don't want to break a player's confidence but watching Ken Johnson since his draft year, I don't think this is a player that lacks confidence in the slightest. I don't think that confidence is going anywhere, no matter what the score is. Um, he's comfortable trying things that no other player would try. He, he's, you know, behind the back passes, you know, between the legs, deeks, all that stuff. That was all available right there in, in Michigan. And that's the things you want to actually develop in this game and, and sort of bring out more regularly because he's electrifying when he's at the top of his confidence. And, I think playing with Goudreau and Boone Jenner would be the best thing for his confidence to get just free reigns of this team to just be trusted by his coaches and do, you know, go out there, play the most minutes uh, out of, out of all forwards, you know, all that stuff. If, if he can spend most of his time with Johnny Goudreau, there's going to be a lot of good things that come out of, of Ken Johnson's game. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, and like you said, this kid's not lacking in confidence. He's not trying the Michigan <laughs> in, in NHL games, you know, um, I, I spoke to, you know, when he was drafted, I spoke to another uh, prospect guy, Sam Gilligan, who we've had on the show many times, really great guy. He always says that Kent Johnson is a main character player. Yep. You know, you get some guys that are supporting characters. Uh, Kent Johnson is the main character of of his own game, I think. And I think you're right in that I think there's very little that this team can do to crush his confidence by, except, you know, by playing him nine minutes a night or whatever it is that he was playing at the start of the season. And that's yeah. kind of the point where I'm like, if you're not going to play him, if, if he's not getting meaningful minutes in the NHL, send him to the AHL. Absolutely. You know, I don't want to see Ken Johnson in the AHL. I think he's too good for that league, frankly. But I would love to see him play, you know, 20, 25 minutes a night, put him on a line with Kirill Marchenko and uh, probably Emil Bebstrom at this point and just watch them ruin lives in the, yep. in the AHL, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, it's all about what a player needs to learn uh, at which level, basically. Um, I've talked about this when talking about Yuri Slavkovsky. I think Slavkovsky is good enough for the NHL, but he's just good enough. He's not sort of in the position to dominate. And I think I think that's, I mean, Ken Johnson is definitely good enough for the NHL. I think he definitely has the skill set. But when we're talking about a player this young in his rookie year who, um, you know, again, and if you're not going to find him the time in, in the NHL to play his game, to develop sort of the the, the habits and um, sort of have enough reps, you know, if he's spending three, four, five minutes between shifts on the bench, this, this there's no way that that's conductive to, you know, his development. So, you know, I would much rather see Ken Johnson play 20, 25 minutes in the AHL than, than you know, 9, 10 minutes in the NHL. It's just better for his development. He's getting twice as many reps. Um, but again, it's all about what a player needs to learn. I think in Slavkovsky's case, the whole, you know, scanning, you know, checking his surroundings, being more aware of his options, all that stuff is sort of what he needs to learn. Um, Johnson doesn't scan as much, but it's not as egregious as Slavkovsky. So I... I I'd be more comfortable leaving Johnson in the NHL than Slavkovsky, but you know, he still has some tiny little details to learn and I would see him sort of spend half the year in the AHL. I'd be comfortable with that. You know, just having him go down for conditioning stints, um, play on the top line and, and sort of understand his line mates a bit better. 
um, and, and learn to play off of them a bit better and, and sort of relinquish that main character energy for just a second, just in order to get the puck back in the offensive zone in a favorable position to sort of bring out that main character energy at the right moments uh, in the offensive zone. Yeah, for sure. And that's all I've got for you today. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to do another weekend episode. Um, we are going to... Uh, I'll probably finish off my conversation with Hattie. Uh, we're going to talk about Cole Sillinger, and uh, we're going to talk about Jordan Demay, who, scored, who signed his entry-level contract uh, literally yesterday. Um, so we're going to have a little bit more prospect talk with Hattie tomorrow. Uh, thank you for listening today. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day every day. Locked Up Blue Jackets is always free and available on... Uh, any podcasting platform of choice and also over on YouTube, you are never going to have to get behind a paywall for a locked on product. And that is, uh, that's our promise to you. So thank you all for listening. Uh, I super, super, super appreciate it. Uh, please hit the subscribe button on YouTube, hit the download button on, uh, Apple podcasts or whatever it is you used to listen to. I've been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find the podcast at L-O underscore Blue Jackets. If you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can email me at LockedOnBlueJackets at gmail.com. And uh, until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on. <laughs>